back to GGM UK's podcast, placing women and ethnic minorities at the heart of all of our projects. My name is Dila and I'm here with Orla and today we invite our guest Ariane who is a young filmmaker and activist currently living under refugee status in Germany. Today's discussion with Ariane will aim to uncover the issues young women refugees face in Europe but also highlight her incredible successes since her journey began. We will be including excerpts of Ariane's short films made with Global Girl Media during the coronavirus pandemic and prior. I'm Ariane Ashori from Ghazni province of Afghanistan. I'm living in a European country with my family, along with many other refugees from different countries. Today, we want to talk to you about your life experiences as a refugee and even before that in your homeland. So, where does your story begin? What was your life like in your homeland? Actually, the life what I had it in Afghanistan, it was quite complicated because we was not going to school in a relaxed mind. We was going to school, we were saying goodbye to our parents and this goodbye was very risky because we didn't know we could return back to home or not. I, st- I study English in my country. It was a very late in the night. It was like even studying in our country was very risky. And no one knows if they go outside the home, they would return back or not. So I studied English and I studied some years in school also, but it was very complicated for me. And as the young refugee, as a young Afghan refugee, um, the time at 2017 when I arrived to first European country in Greece, it was for me very uncertain because I was feeling like I'm a bird who lost her feeder and doesn't know where to go which direction to go in order to shelter ourselves. We studied in the news or in the TV that asylum or seeking a safety place, it's the right for all human beings. But when I arrived to this country, I was feeling like I'm, I'm very lonely. And what I was, Hearing in the news, it was all like speechless and doesn't have any meaning for me. That sounds really harrowing to have such a way with words. I guess my next question for you is, what does home mean for you? Like, what is home to you? For me, home is everything, actually. I could see home is for me the key of happiness. I could see this meaning in 2020 this year it was the hardest year in my life and the hardest year in this during this three years of living under refugee studies home was everything for me and still it's everything for me and i couldn't reach it till today home is the place where the families are gathering together and they feel safe because they have everyone like when they look out, they could see their parents, they could see their sister, their brothers. It's everything for me, actually. 
Have you been able to stay with your family throughout your journey in Europe? Yeah, I'm able to stay. Thanks God, I'm able to stay with my parents together because I'm under 18 years old. So yeah, thanks God, I'm together with my parents and my two brothers. How and where did your journey progress? The journey started when we left our homeland. We start, we get to Turkey and from Turkey we get to Greece. And in Greece, it was, I think, the worst time because we have left, we have lived in the street and in a park in front of camp and we was asking for a place to live inside, but it was not easy because they was telling to us we should to talk first with the organization that they should introduce us and then they would shelter us inside. And then we have lived in squads and so many other places which um, mentioning of them really make me to feel regret for why I became a refugee girl. I think especially what's going on in the border between Turkey and Greece and the situation of Maria Kapp. How crowded and cold is there? How can people be so blind to forget the children? How their ties can become infected from dirty water and garbage all around? And then we moved to Germany here and in this year i could say like around eight times we transfer from place to another place even it was covid 19 and still it is but we are transferring this is how the situation of most refugees are running like this having their backpack their suitcase moving around from place to another place they are transferring us from village to another village among forests. Like now I could see I'm surrounded with trees, with the forest that this horrible journey started from forest, from walking long hours of arriving in a safe place. What kind of places are you residing in with your family now? Are they like a camp or is it like a village? Uh, it's they in Germany they call it it's Heim but I mean it's simple it's like a camp we have one room all together five of us and uh, we use uh, the kitchen the toilet the corridor everything all together it's a camp yeah it's a camp but it's in village it's far from the city and all these people who are in this camp it's two floor. They're all refugees from Syria, from Afghanistan, from Iraq, from different countries. How do you find the time to kind of be a teenager and to grow up when it's been quite really harrowing and difficult experience to get to where you are now and now you're sharing one room with all of your family? How do you find that time to be you and to be a teenager and to grow up? As a young refugee girl, I feel, sometimes I feel like ashamed of looking to my youngest brothers because they haven't feel their childhood. They started to feel this best season of their life in the forest, in camp, 
in moving around with uncertainty. And they didn't feel that they had a childhood. And me personally, I didn't feel like how it was my last year, my two years ago, because it was all with distress, with asylum seeking, with thinking of where to go, where to, what to eat. Everything was for us like uncertain. Waking up in the morning and thinking of what to do. It's all damaging us. Damaging from outside and inside. It's like the stress making us to build big sickness and become like a person who is losing everything and doesn't know what to do. Even sometimes they forget who are themselves. I'm so, so sorry to hear that, Ariane. It sounds incredibly stressful and detrimental for you and your family. You're so strong for living through it right now. But you've also told me of all of the things that you've done to help you, your family and other refugees. But would you like to describe to us more of what you've completed to help your community and what you've achieved? Uh, 2017, I arrived to the first European country in Greece. And from that time, even we had so many problems of shelter and many other things. I started first with uh, a group of teenagers uh, that uh, there was also at the same age that I was on that time, we started to make a magazine. And I was a translator of this magazine because I was the only girl who was speaking English in this group. So I was feeling very like happy that I was helping other teenagers who was at the same age. We tried to publish two issues of magazine and it was very good experience. We have done it two issues and then we we faced with uncertainty of address to gather together and to continue. So then we decided that we will stop here and then everyone will go on to their own specific way which they can find their own talent. So I stopped with them there and then I started to be in charge of a woman's space in one squad that I was also living inside. They selected me to be in charge of this woman's space that there was refugees women from different countries. I started to make for them um, handcrafts uh, class. Uh, to teach them how to make earrings, how to make um, bracelets, and started with knitting to make some stuff for the winter. And then with the help of Greek society, we uh, managed to open a handcraft bazaar. And then all the women was very happy to sell their own, uh, uh, I could say their own, uh, what they made it. And then we tried to cook some sweets also from uh, different countries that the woman was in this group. So we had a very good buzzer, a good experience with the women. And we collect the money to help uh, the squad to, uh, to buy some food, to eat all together who was living in this squad. And then I moved to um, uh, uh, Global Girl Media, Greece in Athens. I started to them to learn filmmaking and also to have some experience with the training of to become a journalist and reporter. We have made two films 
with a group of other Tunisian uh, girls. And then uh, my first experience was uh, attending Athens Democracy Forum. It was, uh, I could say it was a huge conference. It was also a good experience for me personally. I made big personalities inside. I had a chance to ask questions from the Prime Minister of Greece about the situation that we had it. And um, after this uh, conference, I have given some interviews with uh, Greek channels that they published some article about myself, about my life, how it, how it was in Germany, in Greece. And then I started to work with uh, another Greek organization to teach for the uh, young refugees to make bracelets and earrings. So they was also very happy because they was learning something and then they had a hope that uh, by the help of some uh, Greek teachers, they could join in a festival and they could sell their own uh, earrings. And all this, what I have done, it, it was all voluntary, voluntary. And it was all big experience for myself. And I feel very happy that I could, I had the time to help some other people. I keep myself busy during the day making bracelets and earrings, which I hope to sell online. This is all so incredible. You've done so much and you're still only so young. How did it make you feel speaking to the Prime Minister of Greece? Was it rewarding, powerful? It was also, it was my first time to get in a huge place of among big personalities. It was a bit like I was a bit shy and the time when I realized that uh, the prime minister is talking about uh, uh, refugees, I took my pen and I write my question that I will ask my question. And then I thought, no, he would not hear to me. But then I said, no, go on Aria. So finally I decided I raised my hand and they give me a chance to ask my question. And I was a bit nervous, like I was holding the microphone and I was shaking also, but could I have done it? I asked my question, the question that it was uh, about our life, our, um, I could say our destination about where to live. The first thing that you was elected your day you closed the city plaza. And me, like me and other refugees, me and my family were in the streets after closing of city plaza. So I would like to know what will be the your government policy towards like refugees, asylum seeker. Let's take both parts. Yeah. Both parts. So, yeah, back to refugees and engaging. First them. of all, regarding regarding refugees, we are providing. You sound like a true journalist. I was just wondering if I could ask you some more about like the activities you did with the women. You said teaching them how to make like bracelets and earrings, and being with like the head of this women group in your squad. How did that feel to kind of have the support of all those other women? I mean, you are from different countries, but you were united by where you were. What was that like? Yeah, 
uh, when I started to be in charge of this woman in space, uh, I was like not at the age to be in charge of a woman in space. When I was uh, when I was saying this sentence, I was feeling like I cannot do that. But then there was uh, some other people was like uh, uh, giving me energy to stay strong and say, yeah, I can do that. So I was feeling at the beginning very, um, again, shy. But then I did it. There was a woman who was always staying in the room and thinking of about asylum. Uh, do we accept it? Do we will be accepted here or no? They will send that they will send us back to our country or no? And then I said, no, I will do that. I called all the women. We had a tea party. I called all the women. I said to them together, and we said to them that we have some money, money that other people uh, help to us, so we can buy some materials to make uh, some uh, earrings and bracelets. So you can feel also busy with that, and then you will be out of uh, this thinking of asylum. And then you will be a person that you have something to make and then you can sell it and then you can raise some money for yourself. And the woman was very talented woman, different countries, different talents, and everyone was gathering together to share their own talents. Like there was one woman, she never uh, accept to uh, speak with us all together. She was uh, just feeling like uh, she's just for the housework. Uh, she just have to just uh, cook or wash or take care of their children. And the other woman was like uh, talking to them and say, no, you have to do something also. You have to get in society, in community, in community and do something that you can feel strong than the person that was yesterday. And like this, you could uh, give energy for your children, for your husband also. And it was a very good time. I feel very happy and still when I'm remembering that time. It sounds very empowering. You should be very proud of yourself. Also, going back to how you were speaking of the women who were always thinking about asylum, it lends me to ask you what the process and the emotional process is like for you and your family. When a person, when a refugee is coming to another country, the first thing they are facing is asylum. And when they're asking for asylum, it's exactly the time that the stress, the suffering, the displacement, everything can start from that time with seeking asylum. And I have experienced all these things. And I, when I remember that I'm, first time I asked for asylum, it was the time that I feel like now it's the time that all this stress is going to start it because everyone is thinking, will we accepted in this country or no? Or they will send us back to our own countries or no? And there are so many other problems which it's all damaged their mental health of refugees and it's damaging themselves. And they are just feeling like they're not strong. And so you spoke about kind of the mental health side of the displacement, not knowing kind of where you're going next. How do you cope with that alongside everything else? 
what I'm seeing every day in our life, what it affects to our own family, it's my mom. After leaving, of our, after leaving our homeland, she finds some problems. She's not sleeping at all in the night. We have tried to go to the psychologist to find some other uh, solution. Now she's taking our um, medicine and we are trying to, we are trying to just, and what we are doing every day is just uh, helping our mom to stay, to stay just normal, like, She's taking a strong medicine and she's not sleeping at all in the night. It's taking this medicine, it just helped her to just sleep for two hours a night and then she's awake all the night. So it's not easy. I want to thank you so much for sharing that difficult side of your life and your mum's life. I can't even begin to imagine what you're going through. And Thank you so much for sharing it and you know, trusting us with that part. And I want to say that I think you were the most amazing woman. You were so strong and seeing what you're doing for your mum, for your community, you should be so proud of yourself. You're amazing. What are your hopes to improve the lives of refugees like yourself? Uh my hope as a young Afghan refugee is to be witness of a day that it's equality everywhere in the world and to see that everyone is looking at us at the same view which they are looking to other which they are looking to other human beings and they smile with us they talk to us and they should not run away from us and they think as we are scary and the last thing what i want to say is I hope for a day which they are not taking my hijab as a terrorist. Thank you very much, Ariane. You are such a strong woman. I'm trying my best to stay strong and never give up to these problems of daily life. Don't give up. I know you will face a better future. You're stronger than all of the women I know combined. Yep. You, you are. It's well, incredible. You just have to remain strong, keep supporting your family. Like you said, family is home. Yeah, family is everything I could see. Is there anything else you want people like us to know and what you want us to do to help you achieve your wishes into the future? I just want, like, I could say uh, it's my wish that they take this asylum process a bit easy for all the refugees because it's very complicated they are transferring refugees like around more than like more than five times from place to another place like kicking the ball what i said in my film and it's not something easy and i hope for a day that they could take this asylum seeking seeking a bit easy and what about your education do you hope to study in europe at a university in the future do you want to share your story of course, it's my one of my dream, and also I'm really tr trying my best to go to school again and to finish my school to go to university and become a person that I could 
I could help my own people, I could help the society, I could help everyone what I'm seeing around myself. And by education, I'm doing my best to become a good person in the future. You sound very intelligent and will definitely go far in life. I wanted to echo that. I think you're doing an amazing job and I hope that you get to go to university and that you, and I know that you will. And yeah, if there's anything else that we, me and Dila can do to help, yeah, just send us anything that we can do to help. We'll try to do whatever we can and hopefully make the world a kinder and better place for you and for other refugees as well. Yeah, exactly. And thank you so much for having me today. And it's really, I feel, uh, I'm hopefully feeling like something good will change to my life and to the life of all refugees and thousands of refugees who are right now suffering in displacement and homeless in the street and any parts of the world. And I feel for, I feel for a good future for all the people. You will have a great future, Ariane. I know it. And please continue sharing your story. Yeah, I will do. I will do my best to never give up. It was so lovely to speak to you, Ariane. I was going to say it was really amazing to speak to you, to get to know you a bit more. I feel very grateful to have this time to talk to you. You just, you're incredible. Yeah, thank you. This is, that means more to me. Thank you. Bye bye. Have a good time, take care, bye-bye. You too. The story of Ariane's journey has been heartbreaking, yet necessary to hear, especially to people like us, who are constantly fed a false narrative of refugees in the media. Ariane would like to add an additional message. She finds that it is difficult, especially for her parents, to learn a language from zero. Moving from country to country, with no certainty makes it even more difficult to lay roots. She hopes to get into an English-speaking country as her and her family speak good English and see a better future for themselves there. We, as a refugee youth, must continue to use our voices and give hope to each other and never give up.